November 28th, 2023. We're in Masechet Bava If you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, it's 14 lines up, <coughs> right in the middle of the line where it says Ravada Bar Ahava. This morning's class is donated in loving memory of Sal Patesh Alav Hashalom Shaul Ben Sarah by the Patesh family. Uh, if you recall, the context of what we're in the midst of uh, dealing with in the Gemara over here is those final words in the Mishnah. The final words in the Mishnah were that the Tzad HaShaveh, the common denominator among the Arba'a Avot Nezikim, the four primary categories of damages, was uh, that Shemiratana Alechi, have responsibility to safeguard them, and their Mamoncha, and they're your, uh, your property. And Keshehav, and when, uh, excuse me, and Keshehizik, Hav Hamazik Lishalem, Bemetav. And when they damage, you in turn, as the, if you are the damager, are responsible for paying. Why are those last words in the Mishnah where it kind of summarizes the common denominator of the four avot nezikin necessary? It's clear, says the Gemara, and this is standard rabbinic jargon and way of talking, that when it speaks like that, it's telling you, use these principles and apply them to other cases. What other case are we going to apply it to? So we had two suggestions already in the Gemara. Again, it starts with two lines from the top. What's this coming to include? How can we appropriately be creative by mixing and matching the Avot Nezikin to determine new cases, new situations where based on the principles, which is of course the way you're gonna work in any logical experiment and situation, based on the principles, I'll know I'm liable in that circumstance. The latest one we saw was Bor Hamit Galgel, Ragle Adam, Ragle Adam. The first one was that of Abaye, that was then you left the burden at the property at the top of the roof and it fell Beruach Metsuyah. Here, the Gemara brings yet another, and it seems clear, and that's what the Rishoni make this point, there's no Mahlokin over here. These opinions are not disagreeing with one with the other, they're just adding others. There are many situations we can learn from analyzing carefully those cases in our Mishnah says the Gemara Ravadabar Ahava Amar Le'atuyeh again the word Le'atuyeh means it comes to include the Mishnah in telling you this is the common denominator is including if you read it properly if you think it through thoroughly Le'atuyeh Hadetanya it's coming to include the following law which is learnt in the Beraita again we're going to learn a law in the Beraita the way it's derived is by properly understanding the Avot Nezikin. Kol elu shamru potkin bibotehen vigorfin me'arotehen biyemot hama en lahem reshut biyemot geshamim yesh lahem reshut. So the, the Beraita over here, we referred to it at one point earlier in the Masechet, uh, not on the page, I don't remember why it came up in the class. Uh, the, the situation is that a person has uh, excess of uh, garbage or things on the floor in caves and cavernous areas that they have. Uh, additionally, they have gutters of sort where they uh, have water that's streaming through them. What's that? Septic waste, uh, that, that, that's, not, that's in the Me'ara? No, that's in Bibotehen. There's two cases. Potkin Bibotehen, Gorfin Ma'arotehen. Gorfin Ma'arotehen is septic waste? No, I don't think so. Okay, regardless, that you have backup and, uh, and, and stuff that you don't want in your possession on your property, either in the gutters, that's potkin bibotehen, means you can open up your gutter, and uh, separately, gorfin ma'arotehen, means you can clean out your me'ara, your cavernous area. Uh, maybe I thought it's, you know, I thought you, what's that? That's what it is, that's what's there. Fantastic. That's what's there. Regardless, you have stuff, you don't want septic waste there, and you're emptying it into the street. Now, is that really permitted? 
I mean, uh, was life so dirty back then? It says the Beraita, in the days of the sun, meaning during the sunny season when the streets are clean, uh, because they're not filled with, I don't know, mud and water and uh, snow and things of that sort, you don't have permission. Governmentally, it's not permitted. Bedin will not allow for you to just empty your waste into the public area. During the rainy season where, again, it's already messy outside, it's already dirty, there's permissibility for you in turn to empty this stuff into that area as well. Now, says the Beraita importantly, that's interesting, maybe if you're living in Bavel back then or Neres Israel, whatever, but however, you should know if this happened during the winter months when you bereshut with permission, you didn't do something illegal, you were totally within the, the, the uh, structure of legality in emptying your waste and your stuff into the public area, but in heziku, what if now the waste, uh, the water, the garbage, which goes in, damages? But you did a permissibility, you, have, you did it with permissibility. You nonetheless have to pay. Well, this is the next case in uh, what we're saying, that those final words in the Mishnah, this halacha, when I, with permission, meaning legally, I'll let the stream of waste go into the public area, and someone, something, came by and got damaged. Hechidame says the Gemara, okay, so what's the exact particular aspects over here? What are the nuances, right? In other words, what's the case over here so I can truly understand what you're coming to include? This is the question we've asked throughout. Maybe the case is at the time, that the water, that the waste is flowing into the public area, that's how it damages. In other words, I flow my, I turn my pipe, I turn my gutter into the public area, and the rush of water comes out and knocks over something. That's Bahadeh de Ka'azle Kamazke. Same thing, shovel snow from your property and you're throwing the snow into the street and somebody's walking by. I didn't know. Very good. Very good. I, I, I assume you're right. I don't know, you know, back in the day, shoveling's not right. Oh, let's say from your front yard onto it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, so you're, you're shoveling something similar to shoveling slow. So I'm, I'm shoveling it and throwing it into that. If I do it in the throw, so I'm shovel and then I throw the snow and that's how it uh, damages kohohu, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, that you don't need to be creative, you don't need to tell me different situations, mix and match, binyana, mishnekitwin, no such thing. Over here, that's koho, which means it's your strength, it's your energy, that's called adam, adam hamazik. That's a human being who damages. Either I, what? It's adam, it's either mav'eh or it's adam, which we're gonna see later on. Adam is certainly one of the avot. Is it one of the four avot at the beginning? Mahloket Rav and Shimuel. But it's an av. He's certainly liable. It's a parasha in the Torah which talks about Adam Hamazik. So it's no different if I'm throwing the snow, opening my water up, or punching someone in the face. In each of those circumstances, I'm liable. It's called kohol. So it's an extension of me. It's an extension of me, but it's a direct extension. So it has to be that it landed and then damaged. Uh, hang tight. Good question. I would yeah. think that even if it was, let's say, you, like you said, your gutters, and let's say there's the sewage coming out and your gutters going to the street, some houses have it where it spits the gut, the sewage right. on the street. So if it went to the street and there was a parked car there and you damaged somebody's rims, you'd also be responsible because yeah. even though you got permission, Perfect. Perfect. If you're dim, if you're flowing it like that, that's exactly the case. If you're doing it with permissibility. Uh, so that's, it's, but in that case, it's built into your home. 
So what? So what? So you're saying, so it's not Adam Hamazi because you didn't do it? That, that's certainly the way I understand it as well, Jared. Uh, in other words, the fact that you built it in such a fashion is an extension of your strength. They're arguing the f- that is kohos. No, in other words, they're saying it's a removed kohos. I built it that way and I built my home. I've been living here 30 years. You tell me now that it went out, that's my kohos, is their argument. Every house in Jersey has this. I understand, but I put a stopper, I opened it up, and two weeks later it damaged. That's really what they're arguing. They're arguing that's not going to be coho. I think it is. I think it is too. Oh, all right, you changed. No, I know you changed. In other words, but, but, but it is as a result of your action, a direct consequence. So it's not in the moment, it's a little removed, but ultimately speaking, there's nothing that really removed it other than the period of time until the water appeared there. All right, it's an interesting question. I will, we'll leave it on the back burner. But regardless, says the Gemara Ela, rather it must be batar denayich. It must be that the water, the waste, the snow is not on the action of flowing it damage. It's rather after it rested. If it was on the flow, if it was in the act, it's koho. Otherwise, it's, well, it's not koho, then what is it? Hechidameh, what's the exact case over there? Ida afkirinu, if the case is that you deemed it ownerless, who wants the waste, who's interested in the snow once you threw it out, and the water and anything of that sort, ben lerab ben lishmuel hainu bor, that's exactly bor, as Jesse asked a moment ago. That's uh, whether you have the opinion of Rav and Shemuel, or Shemuel, as we've mentioned more than once, we'll, we'll mention them once again, that's bor, by definition. If I put an object, doesn't need to be a dug, doesn't need to be something in the ground or under the ground, if I place an object and I deem it ownerless in a public area and someone gets, or something gets damaged on that, I am liable, says the Gemara, so then there's no chidush over here. Again, what we're trying to figure out is the final words of the Mishnah told us I have four primary categories. Read them carefully and you'll be able to derive this. All right, maybe it's the case where it's directly my force. That's Adam. That's not reading carefully. That's exactly it. If it's this one where the item, the, the damaging product stops in place, that's bold. So you're not being clear. It's not necessary to have final words of the Mishnah who teach me otherwise. Why would you differentiate between bor, the pit, I know it's in the ground, but regardless, uh, this is the reality of how you define bor, it's the way it comes into being is as a damaging item, a damaging entity. It's to a certain extent your possession. How is it your property if you deemed it 
This is, I, I told you, the Gemara says there are two major exceptions to a general rule of something being ownerless. Uh, even though it is, quote, technically ownerless, nonetheless, the Torah considers it yours. What are they? Number one, Bor, Bereshut Tarabim, and number two, Hametz on Pesach. Both of those are, technically speaking, Hefkeh, as the Gemara says, it's an important line to know. Nonetheless, the Torah considers it yours. Ushmirato Alecha, and in turn, you have the responsibility to safeguard it. Hanen these as well. Tehilat Asiatan Lenezek, when you let that stuff out into the public area, its initial essence and existence is for damaging or to damage and can't damageable so in terms of it can't be that you were mafkirit so we're up against the wall we're going to suggest something very strange we're going to suggest that for some reason as you emptied your water out into the public area as you threw the snow into the street you said listen I know I'm throwing it into the street but Maybe my kids will play with it. I don't know, maybe my cat will uh, clean itself in it. I'm not mafkirit. Ela, de la afkirinu. For some strange reason, I'm not mafkirit. So I thought, listen, when we talked earlier about Avno Sakino Masa, I was able to make an argument over there. I said, I love that rock. That rock is, I'm using for something. The, uh, the suitcase I'm using for something over here, I don't really know. It's a, it's a theoretical. Yeah. What's that? What's that? In, in what situation? No, I'm not sure at what stage in the Gemara you are. Not at this stage. Yeah, I, either ahead or behind. Hold, hold the thought, Eli, because I. I don't, I, you might be a stage, you might be a step ahead of us. Regardless, the Gemara says rather it must be de la afkirinu, says the Gemara, it still won't be a novel case. Even when you placed it in a public area and didn't deem it hefker, did not deem it ownerless, it's nonetheless, according to Shemuel, the status of bor. Bor can be either ownerless or non-ownerless, irrespective of your determination, it's going to be considered bor. I don't know what you're talking about, shoveling. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, Ela, Le'olam, two lines from the bottom, Da'afkirinu. Perhaps the case that Ravadabar Ahava was talking about in saying that those four Avot Nezikin, read them carefully, you'll understand, you're going to need to use two of them as my paradigm in order to apply to another case, is Da'afkirinu. I didn't, um, excuse me, I was Mafkir. I was mafkir, so I deemed it ownerless. That's exactly bore. What's the difference between that and bore? Bore means I dug something and it is ownerless and I'm liable. Over here, my waste is in the street. I deemed it ownerless. What's the difference? Of course I'm going to be liable. It's still not the same as bore. Why would this be more lenient than bore? Why would you say that bore, the Torah says, if you're korea bore, you dig a pit in a shooter beam and something falls in there and gets damaged, you're liable, but over here, or maybe you're not liable. Why would I not be liable? Maybe you would have distinguished and said over here it's less Severe. Why is it less severe? After all, I had permission. You walked into the middle of the street, you dug a, a pit, you weren't allowed to do that. From the act of doing so, the Torah says you couldn't and shouldn't have been doing that. That's why you should have known better. Of course, you're liable to pay for damage. Over here, I went to the governmental office. I went to the Betin. I asked them. It's the winter season. I know it's a little gross, but can I let, uh, can I let my gutter spew out into the street? They said, absolutely. I went ahead and I did so, and the damage, you're going to make me liable? I did it legally. What was the problem over here? 
That's the Hidush that it's not the same as Bor. Well, if it's not the same as Bor, maybe I'm not liable. Maybe I don't have to pay. Maybe I'm not have, I don't have an obligation to compensate. Shor Yochiach. Uh, that's why we turn to Shor and we say, Shor, which is a case where your animal, Bereshut. Uh, there's no problem over here. When the Shor goes out into Rashut uh, Arabim and damages, let's call it Kerin for the moment, it gores, you're liable. Well, why am I liable? I was allowed to walk with my ox out in the public area. Nobody told me I'm not allowed to. Uh, look at that person. He's with his ox and that person as well. You're making me liable. I did it permissive. I did it with permit. That's right. But you're nonetheless liable for compensation, even when you're acting within the bounds of halacha and of the law. Uh, so that's how I say that in this situation as well. Although you'd say it's not exactly like bor, a combination of bor with shor, where shor is permissible, where bor is something in the public area and ownerless, a combination of the two, we're going to flesh it out in a moment, it's called the binyana mishne ketubim, it's going to say that I'd be liable for compensation over here as well. Maybe you'll say the only reason shor is hayav, is liable to compensate in such a circumstance is because you should have known better. It's an ox. What do you think an ox is doing? I know it's permissible for you to have it out in the street, but ultimately speaking, it walks around. Over here, these things don't move around. It's a, it's a st- stagnant, static pile of waste. I'm not walking around, it's not on my head. I didn't realize this was going to damage. That's how we have a combination of bor and shor. Each of them has their, uh, the, uh, the, the, the reason why you might say this isn't comparable, and each one of them counterbalances that. Again, shor is movable, this item is not moving. It moves and damages, this item does not, so it's more like bor. Bor is forbidden in the initial action of creating it. This one's permitted. We take shor and bor together. The hazar hadin, that's what the Gemara says. Hazar hadin means the logic returns to make me in this situation obligated. Go ahead. Bor, you're saying bor that you don't have permission to do it? Absolutely not. That's you right. You weren't supposed to do it. You weren't allowed to. Oh. Who gave you permission? You went on to Avenue. You started digging a... Uh, digging. Absolutely not. You're not allowed to. Bor... From, its ins- from the first stage of digging was forbidden. You violated the law, and then you're liable. You might say, that's why I'm liable. No, that's why I say, even though it was permitted, I'm nonetheless liable. But you say, this is not exactly sure. Sure is more moving around the damage, and I should have known better. This situation, it's in its place. That's how we do this. He's going to pay full amount over here because at its core it's bore. That's how Rosh is articulating it. You're right. In other words, you're, you're hearkening back to the earlier conversation when we're talking about the combination of the two, what's the liability? The halakha in these matters like Rosh is, we're really talking about bore in all these cases. We're aiding it with something else, but the real kalva, the real binyanav is from both. We need both, but... Who's in money you're about to bring your out to the street? Someone should talk to garbage. It's in the right spot, it's in the thing that you're instructed to do. Yeah. And it's it's mamash on the street or it's on your pro whatever, regardless. And someone trips over it. 
That's exactly this case. Responsible. The Gemara is telling us responsible. So over here as well. Over here, this ball is Bershut. This, this ball is Bimota Geshamin. This potkin bibotehen, you can't see it's there? No, no, you could. The only way to be mahalik, the only way to distinguish maybe, and I, you know, you'd have, you'd have to bring evidence for this. <laughs> Shuffle. The only way to distinguish is, the only way to distinguish, as, as I understand, as I would suggest, is that the garbage cans, every home is doing it. And the person who's passing by is supposed to know, I don't know if everyone's doing this. To let it out. And as a result, any passerby should know better. Betin. Betin. Listen uh, Jeffrey, somebody falls on your property. You did nothing wrong. There's no cracks, nothing. You're responsible. In the, in America, the law. No, that's no property. You're just not true. Give it to the street. Give it to the street. Give it to the no, everyone has permission here. No, 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 Alan, everyone has permission in both. What I tried to say was not everyone's doing it in our Gemara. Everyone's putting their garbage. First of all, who said, why wouldn't everyone be doing it? And secondly, why would you distinguish? Everyone's supposed to know it's fair season to be letting it out. Nonetheless, you're liable. It's a good point. All right, says the Gemara, one last. What's that? Go ahead. Here it has to mean Keren. Because because regel and shen regel and shen are patur bershut rabbim. So according to Shemuel, who says it means regel, it's not bershut. So then it's lav bedavka when it's a shor. It means keren. Which was alluded to in our Mishnah. So, uh, right, you know, that's okay. That's what we have over here. Says the Gemara, Ravina Amar We have our last suggestion with regards to again deciphering the final words in the Mishnah. What are they coming to include? What sort of case might I be? Should I be creative in combining two of the Avot and determining this case as well as Hayav? The following: Hakotel veHaIlan Shenafelu LeRishut Rabim veHiziku Patur. If unexpectedly. It was not an old tree. Nobody had noticed that. You didn't get any warning from any governmental officials, any neighbors, any anything. You have a wall or a tree which fall down unexpectedly and damage patur. In such a circumstance, you are not liable for payment. There's a dispute about the proper girsa in the Gemara, whether over here it says patur or hayav. Rashi and Tosafot gives a stamp of approval, say that it says patur over here, patur milashalem, no liability for payment in such a circumstance. What if it was noticeable, it was clear, this was an old tree, it's on its last legs. The, the, the fence, every time we pass by, we fear for our lives. And as a result, he was given an ultimatum. You have 30 days, lakuts, to cut your tree. To pull down your wall. It is a public danger situation that you've put into effect. You need to remove it. We put a notice at your door, and it's clear to you, you have 30 days to remove. We don't think it's imminent. 
to that extent. It's within 30 days. You need to get rid of this. And then they fall down. If it's If it's within the 30-day notice time period, you were given an ultimatum of 30 days, and it, dam- it fell and damaged in that period, you're patur. That's not your responsibility. It was your responsibility within the 30 days to handle it. It fell down within the 30 days, Patur, and it, it hurt something. What if you left it up and you just really didn't handle this and you put it in the back of your mind, you didn't deal with it? Hayav, you are liable in such a circumstance. The Gemara is suggesting this is the case where the final words of our Mishnah would be coming to tell you you're obligated. Well, slow down. Let's try to understand this. What's that? That's the first words, patur mi l'shalem. That's what I was telling you. It's a debate on the proper wording, proper halakha over there. We go patur l'shalem on those words. You never got a warning. In other words, how would you have known? You never got a warning because nobody realized that it was dangerous. It was unexpected. You're patur. What's the particulars over here? afkera. If you were mafkir the tree or the fence prior to its falling, ben lerav ben l'shmuel. Why not? Oh, absolutely. In my house, in my house, in my house. As a matter of fact, in my house we have several things that are hefkir. So yeah. Yeah. I, the, the toaster in my home is ownerless. We can't. We can't. I'm telling you the honest truth. I can't. You can't dip. A, you can't dip a toaster. So I mean, to the best of my knowledge, you're going to ruin a, a toaster. But a toaster is supposed to be dipped. So the way many of the post scheme says, you do one of two. Half of mine are owned by the housekeeper, and half are uh, ownerless. Yeah. That's in my house. What's the difference? So in this, and anyway, so if you're nervous about the hefker when it's on your possession, so talk about once it fell, but you don't need to. That will be clear in a moment. It's, in other words, what's that? After a week, it's not hefker anymore. After what? It's not hefker. Bull? Of course, it's irresponsible. Bull. So it's gemara. Okay. But now it's now it falls down in such a circumstance. Ben Larab Ben Shmuel Hainu Bor fell into a public area, damaged. You're, it's going to be considered bor. Maishen abor de hezekom matzui shmurato alecha hanena me hezekan matzui shmuratan alecha. This is a common occurrence. It's clear that a bor will damage. It's clear that within these thirty days, when they after these thirty days, when they gave you such a warning, it's going to damage and turn. It's your responsibility to safeguard it, and as a result, you are liable for compensation. Idelo afkirino. If you were not mafkirit, in other words, you didn't deem it ownerless. Lishmuel damar kulam borol amadnu hainu bor. That's Exactly the case of Bor. So as a result, says the Gemara, Le'olam de Afkirino. Oh, pause for a second. What happened over here? We skipped a stage in the Gemara. Remember, F- no, but before that, before the other character, that's not necessary over here to mention. Well, you see, like the last Gemara, remember we talked about when did it damage in the act of falling, in the act or not? That's why Eli started talking about shovels and things like that. No, is it in the act or is it after the act? How come the Gemara didn't do that over here? How come we didn't do it in the act or not? Why does it say, If in the act of falling it damage, uh, what would it be if it's in the act of damaging? What would it be? But I'm going to be liable. Again, what's the halakha in a situation where? 
I own something, the wind picks it up and it damages someone else and it's a wind that I was supposed to be expecting in a Ruach Metriyah, what's that called? That's the Toledah of Ish. That's direct Ish. That is the obligation of Ish. We saw this on Dav Gimal. We repeated it even a little bit at the top of Dav Vav. That's Ish. How come the Ramadan doesn't go through that stage? How come God doesn't say, how come God doesn't say, when the tree fell and it damaged in the act of falling, that's your responsibility as Ish. It must be that it's already on the ground. Tosafot picks up on this. The Tosafot at the bottom of Davava Mud Aleph into Davava Mud Bet. And Tosafot therefore suggests that this would not be, this is very significant, this perhaps would not be considered Ish. This maybe would be considered Bor. Why is it Bor? Bor is stationary. By definition, Bor is in place. Ish is something that's moving and damages in the act of moving. What's that? Wouldn't have a 30-day window like you get again. I, I gotcha, but in the act, uh, maybe I would. Maybe it's, it, it's a possibility of this turning into <coughs> ish, and as a result, I give you a 30-day window because after 30 days, I fear it's going to fall and damage. No, why not? It could be as well. Tosafot therefore says this is not ish. Why is it not ish? Tosafot importantly distinguishes as follows. Ish is what, I, what, what the Gemara referred to as koach acher me'uravbo, which means to say there's another force driving the damage. The wind is driving the ish. The wind is what pushed it down. Over here, says Tosafot, it's what's called gravity. It's what's called an old uh, rickety wall, an old rickety tree, and that's what pulled it down. That's not koach acher me'uravbo. That's the Hidush of Tosafot. Rosh accords with this. Shohan Aruch is posseic this way. And as a result, there's a very important uh, distinction to be made over here. This book, which is a new book that I just published, I think, because they're in Dafyomi now, it's called Osar Ha'iyun. It's a lot of, in my opinion, some silly questions, some serious questions, but it makes more practical some of these cases of Masif Baba Kama and things that actually occurred. The funny part is, uh, who's, who's determining the law based on Masif Baba Kama? You know, which Beit Din are you going to go to and they're going to determine it based on that and then people are going to, you're going to go to court and you're going to sue the person. I don't care what the Beit Din, but regardless, maybe not, maybe you're going to follow the Halakha, what's done the Kavsichut. He deals with the following situation. He says that at the top of a, a hill and in Jerusalem and in Israel, lots of hilly areas, you have connected to your truck or to your car some sort of hitch in the back, mm -hmm. right? And that hitch becomes detached at some point, rolls down and damages someone's car. In such a circumstance, one second, we want to determine the liability of the person who damaged. Now, if it's considered bor, listen for a moment, if it's considered bor, I'm going to be patur. Bor is patur when it's mazik kelim. If an object, an item gets damaged, we saw this already alluded to in the Gemara, I'm not liable. If it's bor over here, I'm not going to be liable. If I can make the claim that this was gravitational pull, that this was really connected to my, and gravity pulled it away, and I did all my due responsibility, due diligence, making certain that this was in place, I'm not going to be liable. If alternatively, any point, any claim can be made, this wasn't just gravity, and in fact, the claimant, the person who's making the claim against it said, no, I'll tell you what happened. There was a, a funeral passing through. Many people passed by. They started brushing up against it. The ground was, was, uh, got, got uh, affected, and as a result, that's how it became detached and went down. That, in turn, would be considered ish, and you would be liable. So you understand the significance yeah. of this comment over here. Is it ish or is it bore? Is going to, A, determine whether 
I'm liable or not. And B, it means in every situation I need to determine why did this happen? Was it just gravitational pull? The case of the eight and the Kotel in our Gemara, the Ilan and the Kotel. Or is there something more? If there was something more, if you can prove that somehow, then you would be... No, we talked about Borhamit Galgelus when it got kicked in such a circumstance. The, the ladies that come to our garbage and take out the stuff, I put the garbage in the garbage, I tied it up, she wants to look for bottles, and then it fell and the guy took over Right, the good example. Who is the response? Good, that's Borhamit Galgel, potentially. But this is not Borhamit Galgel, they didn't kick it, they walked by. As a result of them walking by, consider them like air. Something got affected, they brushed up against it, and as a result it fell. That's a claim that it would be ish. Tree, the roots, it's a dead tree. The roots are weak, and as a result, it fell. If it's after the, if people saw it and gave you a warning, then they know. Then patur. That's the first word. Then you're patur. All right, let's just finish this quickly. Says the Gemara again. So the, the Gemara says, Ravina Amar Latuye Haditnan. Ravina makes the claim that it's for the following Mishnah. If the wall or the tree fall into the public area, when they brought forth damage. Now, as we just mentioned from Tosafot, whether it's in the act of falling or once it fell to the ground, doesn't matter. It's going to be considered a standard case, apparently, of bore in either one. Patur. What if you were given a ultimatum? You got to get it done by the same. If it happened within that time period, that's not your responsibility. You were told you have 30 days. What's the exact uh, nuances? What are the particularities of the case? If you deemed it onerous, maybe the case is I wasn't mafkir. Make a difference. I wasn't mafkir. We know all these words. We've seen these words seven times already in the Gemara, at least. The case must be that I did deem it ownerless. The wall or the tree. They fell and they're ownerless. Someone comes, stumbles upon them, something gets damaged and such. It's still not like bor in the standard sense. I can't just say, I know this from bor. Why not? My labor, she can tehilat asiatol nezik, tomar bahanesh, and tehilat asiatan nezik. I can make the following claim. I can distinguish. A bor, you look at the situation, Torah says, you went out and you dug a pit. What do you do? You built a damaging mechanism. That's what you did. I have a tree. A tree is not a damaging mechanism. I have a, a wall. The wall is not a damaging mechanism. Over time, it erodes, it becomes old, and as a result, it's dangerous. I get that, but that's not bore. You're not going to make me just as liable. You can't compare that to bore. That's why we'll double this in a binyana with shore. I'll say that the same way, shore, well, I'm in the street with my ox. That's not a damaging mechanism. It goes out of its mind. It becomes deranged. Okay, then it's dangerous. But in the moment where I owned it, and brought it out into the street. It wasn't damaging. Oh, so maybe this case then will be coupled with her. Can't say this is exactly sure. Sure, I'm more liable because I have to realize that it's movable. This, 
It's not movable. It doesn't move and damage. Ultimately speaking, the Gemara suggests for Ravina a fourth solution for Le'atuyemai. We had the Avnosakino Masaoshin Yahande Roshagag Benafelubel Wahmetuya. We had Borhamit Galgel. And now we had these final two cases in the Gemara. The case of Potkin Bibotehen Rishutarabim, where you let the, uh, the, the waste of flow into Rishutarabim. And lastly, this case of the Kotel Ne'ilan Shinafelula Hashinatinulo Zeman. In each of these cases, you have Bor plus something else, making a Binyana Mishrek Tuvim, making you liable for compensation. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, Amen. Amen.